Power of Love is going to keep you home at night. We are going to go to our next guest who is going to join us on the old Skip Skype. He's going to join us on uh, the old uh, the old Skype Rooney, as they say. I got to get Huey Lewis tuned in, folks. There it is. Can't have sexy things going in the background. I believe, I believe we have the doctor with us. Dr. Eisenbach, how are you, sir? I'm fine. How are you? Pretty good, actually. I apologize for just getting to you. We had a uh, a guest who ran over, so uh, I am just now getting oh. to you, my friend. But I'm glad we got you. Yeah, yeah. Well, wonderful. So good to hear from you. Yes. Well, tell me your name. Tell I am your name. I am James Lowe of all things. Okay. Very good. Yes. Very yes. good. And what ra- what radio station do you? Are you with? We are on iHeartRadio today. Mm-hmm. Yes. Okay. Yes. Very good. We have got uh, doc- Dr. Eisenbach with us today, Dr. Jacob Eisenbach. He is uh, in Southern California. He's a Holocaust survivor. The subject of his brand new book, Where You Go, I Go, was written beautifully by Karen McCartney, and uh, it is very timely that we have Dr. Eisenbach as a guest this week because he fits the theme of this week, which is a very spiritual week for Americans. Wednesday is the first day of the Jewish holiday, Passover, which lasts eight days. This Sunday is Easter Sunday, a very big celebrated all over the world. And let's welcome in Dr. Eisenbach, who has an incredible background and is now 96 years young. Welcome to the program, Dr. Eisenbach. How are you, sir? I'll be 97 this month. <laughs> Amazing. Amazing. <laughs> and I'm, I'm doing very, very well. I'm in pretty good health. I just have a couple minor uh, problems with my vision, and uh, I have arthritis in my feet. And, uh, and uh, uh, other than that, I'm doing, I'm doing well. I have done a lot of speaking throughout the the entire United States and abroad, and uh, I look. I love doing this because I think it's very, very important that the story of the Holocaust and the story of genocide should never be forgotten. Yes. Um, the, there was a very famous uh, gentleman. He was a philosopher, philanthropist, and a recipient of the Nobel Peace Prize. And he also was a Holocaust survivor. His name was Elie Wiesel. And he once said that we should not allow the enemy to enjoy one more victory by allowing the greatest crimes in humanity to be erased from human memory. So this is this is what I'm uh, dedicated to do. I had a family of uh, over a hundred people, and I'm the only survivor. Wow, we have got a I tremendous have- guest with us today, Dr. Eisenbach is with us today. Where You Go, I Go is the latest from him. It is an amazing, amazing book. And uh, he joins us today here on our big broadcast. And um, so being a Holocaust survivor, uh, just uh, an um, amazing, amazing thing. Uh, talk to me about uh, this this week with the, with the, 
the Easter Sunday coming and, 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 and everything else? Uh, well, this Easter, actually, this Passover holiday is a holiday which is almost three and a half thousand years old. We commemorate the liberation of the Jewish people from slavery in Egypt by Moses. And uh, this, is, <coughs> this is a holiday uh, that is celebrated throughout the world by all Jewish people. And uh, we are asked to feel like we personally have been liberated from slavery in Egypt. And I was a slave for, on, uh, during the Nazi era, and uh, so that is that is very close. That idea is very close to me personally. We have got uh, a great guest with us today. Dr. Eisenbach joins us here on our broadcast. Coast to coast to border to border on iHeartRadio and also AMFM247.com, iHeartRadio as well. He's a Holocaust survivor. Uh, very timely book today. And uh, 96 years young, Dr. Eisenbach joins us today here on our big broadcast. And you survived the horrible killings that the Nazis did in the 1940s. And in WW2, not only killing 6 million Jews, but uh, to killing other minority groups as well. Um, Dr. Eisenbach, you were born in the city of uh, Lodz, uh, Poland. Uh, what was it like growing right. up with your family? How, how many siblings did you have, Doctor? To tell us about this. Yes. I had three siblings. I had an older sister. She was three years older. Her name was Fella. And I had two younger brothers. I was I was the oldest of, of the three brothers. And we grew up in a wonderful, wonderful, loving family. <clears throat> My parents adored each other, and they adored their children. And I had an extended family of about 100 people. Very loving family with close relationships. And... Uh, <clears throat> Uh, my father was a textile manufacturer in the city of Lodge. Lodge was a textile manufacturing center, and uh, he was very successful. And uh, every summer he would rent a house in a resort place, and 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 his, his the family would spend the whole summer there. And uh, uh, my mother never went through the Holocaust because she passed away in the year of 1938, one year before the war broke out. She died of a uh, disease of the heart valves. She had rheumatic fever during childhood, and in those days the medical profession had no uh, way of treating that disease. So she passed away at the age of 41. I was 15 at the time. Uh, then when the war broke out, uh, my wonderful childhood has transformed into an unimaginable nightmare. Um, in June of 1939, 
there was a ship of Jewish refugees escaping from Germany on the on the ship called St. Louis. And the ship had 947 refugees on it. And they arrived at the American shores asking for asylum. And they were refused asylum. And they had to turn back to Europe and many of these people were murdered by the Nazis. Who was responsible for that decision at the American government? It was our former Secretary of State, Cordell Hall, who was telling President Roosevelt that we cannot allow these people to enter the United States because they did not have return addresses. That was preposterous. That was a very poor excuse for his anti-Semitism. He did not wear uh, uh, the Nazi swastika on his arm, but he carried hatred in his, in his heart. And then uh, a few months later, there was, the war broke out, and uh, it was just unbelievable. The Nazis were armed to their teeth. Hitler came to power in 1933, and shortly after he came to power, he started arming Germany. He had the Air Force, he had armaments, heavy armaments, he had tanks, trucks, motorcycles, he had, he had everything to start a war. And a week before the war started, he signed a non-aggression pact with Stalin, the president of the Soviet Union. So he decided to divide Poland and not interfere with each other's activities. Poland was completely unprepared. This attack on September 1st was a total surprise. And Poland did not have an air force, they didn't have armaments, they didn't have Tanks, trucks, they had nothing. The waste, the, the, the army was moving around on horses. It was really completely unprepared and, and it was very easy for uh, the Nazis and the Russians to divide Poland. We they have... occupied my home. Yeah, go ahead. No, 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 no. We've, we, we've got a uh, great guest with us today. He joins us live here in a broadcast, Where You Go, I Go, The Astonishing Life of Dr. Jacob Eisenbach, and he's with us today here in a broadcast. And uh, so, Doctor, uh, talk to me a little bit about the uh, some of the different things that you saw, uh, you know, being a Holocaust survivor and things, because I, I think a lot of folks, uh, especially with this COVID-19 and, and, and some of these... Uh, older folks uh, not teaching history and younger folks not learning history, uh, they forget about the Holocaust or they, they brush over it. Uh, talk to us about this. Yes. This is why, uh, since I retired from the practice of dentistry, I was practicing dentistry for 60 years until I was 92 in California and in Iowa, and uh, 
since I retired, I I really wasn't retired. I just retired from dentistry, but I assumed a new profession. I became a, a, a public speaker, and I spoke at many universities and colleges and high schools and churches and, uh, and internationally on the subject of the Holocaust and genocides. Uh, the Holocaust, where the Jewish people have lost six million and, uh, and the, ho the Holocaust was actually a larger part of genocides. Uh, genocides have been committed against all kinds of races, nationalities, and cultures, uh, Jewish and non-Jewish, and uh, genocides are continued uh, are continuing, unfortunately, to this day. And my mission is to <clears throat> advance the international crusade against all genocides, not only the Holocaust. Uh, uh, genocides that, have been ha that are happening in Syria, and Darfur, and so many other places. And there are many international organizations that have been established for the purpose of preventing genocide. The former American Secretary of State, Madeleine Albright, and the former American Secretary of, of Defense, uh, uh, co-authored a booklet. Yes. And the, type, the title of the booklet is Preventing Genocides. And they are outlining a plan which is workable and practical. Uh, leaders who are likely to commit a genocide are very visible in a society. And uh, uh, they are recommending that the people in the country where genocide is likely to occur, be educated on how to prevent a genocide. And uh, political pressure can be applied on a, on a genocidal person by influential politicians. And if that doesn't help, economic pressure can be applied on them. And if that does not help, military pressure can, put, can be placed on them. Uh, just the presence of a powerful army, we don't want to lose a single life in, in the process, but just the presence of a powerful army is likely to prevent a genocidal maniac from carrying out his plans. So this is what mankind is against genocides, and it's about time that the world realizes that genocides must stop. And this is what the, uh, the, all the organizations are uh, having as a main goal, is to, to prevent the murder of innocent people. Well, well doctor, as we go here, uh, I appreciate you making time for us today. Uh, congratulations on... Uh, on 
on a very successful book. Thanks for being with us today, my friend. I, I really appreciated the uh, opportunity you get to speak to us today. It was, it was my pleasure to do that. I, I'm still doing it, of course, now uh, <clears throat> with the with the uh, with the virus epidemic, with the coronavirus epidemic, I I cannot travel, but I but I'm still doing by Skype and by uh, FaceTime. Uh, I can still speak to large groups of people, which I have been doing for the last four years. And it's a pleasure to be here, uh, Mr. Law. Thank you for inviting me to, to speak. Definitely, uh, definitely. Well, you have yourself a, a, a blessed day, my friend. Enjoy Holy Week, and we will uh, talk to you soon. Have yourself a wonderful day. Thank you, sir. Thank you very much, Mr. Law. I appreciate you inviting me. Definitely. And have a great holiday. You too. I appreciate it, my friend. We're going to take a break, and when we come back, we have got more on the other side.